You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody. Uh, inching closer and closer. Some days feels like a snail's pace. Some days feels like a marathon as we get closer and closer to 2019 training camp for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Pete Smith along for the ride, your local experts on the biggest stories. we got some good stuff to get here tonight on our daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, brought to you by the good folks over at Hotels.com. It's summertime. Uh, people are posting about the trips. Don't hate like Hotels.com, again, doesn't discriminate. Go to them. Get rewarded everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there. Do that. Get rewarded. Uh, but we do have some things to get here. Um, and I, I guess we'll start with this because, obviously, with the supplemental draft will be Wednesday. And, obviously, you know, the supplemental draft goes by, you know, we whisper, snap of the fingers. Um, Pete, we got some concrete numbers now on Jalen Thompson. Obviously, the size is still a little bit undersized. That was one thing we did have our concerns with. Um, but the testing numbers weren't that bad. You factor that in with the production. Have your views changed? We, we, something should be interested in? No, uh, <laughs> I, I think he did. I think he did reasonably well, particularly his agility numbers. He's a very, corner. He ta- he's like he seems like a corner. He doesn't seem like a safety. Um, yeah. Well, I, I think ultimately, if you're if you're interested in him, you may like him as a free safety, but he's got to be able to play slot. Um, Body Calhoun. Yeah, I, I think that has to be factored into this because if, if you're just looking at a free safety, you're, you're probably looking at him at least a year away. And that was the thing is, and, and, and again, this whole thing seems very fishy. I, I would love to know more about it um, in terms of how he actually, uh, you know, lost his eligibility because the way jilted, it was, jilted lover at GNC or something. Well, that, I mean, the, the thing is, and I don't know, maybe he has, but it seems like, you know, if, if, if it was like, some messed up thing, you know, he would be a little more uh, vocal about it, but, or maybe he has been, I just haven't seen it. Um, But in any case, these, you know, a lot of the things that, you know, another year would have solved perhaps um, like the weight, uh, maybe some of the testing numbers, his vertical wasn't very good. Um, But again, some of this may be attributable to a very short timeline um, I don't, you know, it's unclear when, you know, she sort of found out about this and decided, oh, I've got to, you know, I've got to do a pro day, essentially. Um, there are other teams that I think will have more interest. That, like, I, I, I don't think it changed anything from the Browns point of view, but it might for a few other teams. And apparently there were, you know, at least a dozen at the workout, um, uh, like Tony Pauline mentioned, the Chiefs and the Falcons and a few of those teams. Um, Browns notably not listed on there. I didn't think they would be. So you know, he could go day three. I I don't think I don't think he will go high. I think it'll probably be like a a fifth or sixth in the end. Um, like I you know if you just sort of put him stack him up against the class that just happened, unless you're a team that sort of missed out and you're really shorthanded. Um, it, it you know you you probably got somebody who's you've had you know in in the draft or whatever that you got you've had for you know a, a couple months now, um you know that's ahead of him, which is you know an unfor- unfortunate part of this and and now if you bring him in you've got to find a way to justify keeping him on the roster because it it feels like a massive waste 
if you take like a, you know, you, let's say you bid a fifth round pick on this guy and then you ultimately don't add him to your roster in the end, that's, you know, that's tough. So I think, you know, sixth or seventh, you can probably get away with, you know, releasing him and trying to get him to your practice squad. I don't think you'd have a ton of trouble, but if you've been like a fifth round pick, he's going to make your team. And, and that's why I, I think it might be more likely it's going to be, you know, a late, late pick. Uh, but I don't think the Browns are going to be interested. I, I think, you know, he obviously has the best chance of being drafted. I don't think any of the other ones will be. But I'm not, I, I'm not as confident. And obviously, you know, we both saw, you know, talk of the second rounder, which seemed insane at the time, and and now it certainly seems more ludicrous, uh, given given what we know. But yeah, I, I I don't see it. I you know, if you just put them sort of side by side with Sheldrick Redwine. And, and Sheldrick Redwine is not the guy I would have picked there. I liked other guys better. It's not that I don't like Sheldrick Redwine. I just thought other guys had better resumes. And, and if you put these guys side by side, I think Redwine has the better resume. So you're already looking at after day you know, round four. And, you know, at that point, it becomes a question of what what is he really worth? Um, well, the first thing's first. You know, five foot ten, 186. That's what is tough. It? It tells you slot corner. That that's you know, and look, it's not that's not a bad thing, but that's not what he played in Pullman. Um, so you know, obviously he was an undersized safety. Five foot ten, one eighty six tells you nickel corner. Which if you're a really good one, that's thirty five. It's forty reps a game. But that's not what he is. Uh, the speed, yeah, that's fine. The thirty three inch vert. Um, obviously part of that probably becomes because he's just obviously not very strong. The eleven reps show that. Um, if he was built better um, and was able to produce more on the bench, obviously be more muscular, you'd get a better vert. Um, so, you know, the speed is fine. Uh, you're not getting an uber athlete. So if you put him compared to last year's safety class, he would be late day three because he'd be undersized. He's not very strong. He doesn't have the burst uh, as far as the jumps, which you're looking for. Um, the, the production, speed, that's fine. Um, but you know, who's going to be entertained? Probably the turd teams. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, um, the, the teams who have holes, and here's a chance to get a look at a player one year early. Uh, that's probably what is best for him. I, you know, I don't know how you look at him versus a guy like Eric Murray, who can give you cornerback safety versatility. Um, even you know, look, Morgan Burnett. We, we've you know stated our case that we're not very high on him, but it's at least you kind of know what your role is. You may not, you know, it may end up cutting ties with him regardless. Um, but at least you know what his role is. Um, you brought in Redwine. Obviously, you're established for you know the 2019 season at least with De- uh, Demarius Randall. It's don't you know don't even you know if it's going to be a round five, round six pick. It's it's probably not even worth it because you're good at the cornerback position. That's where you're deep and that's where you're portraying it. And you certainly don't have time to work with this kid to make him a nickel corner. So you know. For these lesser teams, the Dolphins teams looking to fill out the end of rosters with, you know, maybe getting a guy a year early, that is probably the best spot for a guy like him. And, you know, it is what it is. And look, supplemental draft, you know, most years it's nobody. Every now and then you get some guys with some promise. But again, there will still be something to be answered for for why are you not eligible for the your senior season after you had such a promising career for three years at Washington State, why you're not eligible for that. And there's going to be some teams that are going to feel, even if they didn't go deep in depth, there's got to be something he did somehow, some way, that got him out of the good graces of everybody in the building. So, you know, it's just not worth the time here. We've already got 90 we're rolling to camp with. 
uh, we're good with the 90 we have as opposed to already spending future assets on what in a brief short of time ends up being an unknown. Um, Daniel, Meyer, da Daniel Jeremiah dropped a good tweet today, um, and I don't want to break that up. So we're gonna have uh, we're gonna drop in the uh, the uh, good folks from Blue Chew the ad here, and then we'll get to Daniel Jeremiah, who's getting really good at dropping setting off these little Twitter time bombs day in day out. Uh, yeah, I mean, tis the season for Blue Chew, and and right now we've got uh, the home run derby going on, and and lots of guys uh, going for the fences. And as as like all of our listeners should, with the good folks at Blue Chew, if you're going to be up there, pick your hacks. You might as well get your money's worth. Uh, Blue Chew, uh, that's blue like the color. Uh, they have the active ingredient, the same active ingredient as uh, as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. The first chewable with that ingredient, you can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast. So you can be ready whenever an opportunity arrives. So even during the summer derby, if you need to take a time out, that's plenty of time for Blue Chew. Uh, check out the uh, promo code. Uh, obviously, the code uh, capital C, capital O, capital D, capital E, uh, promo code, code, the folks at Blue Chew. But also, guys, it's, you know, you may have a free night, and if you don't have children, you may have a free night. And look, uh, you know, there's a couple of rounds to this. So, I mean, you know, it's great to go hit, you know, 18, 19 straight out the box. But, you know, a couple hours later, you know, you might want to get to the finals and see if you can bring it again. Um, so let the good folks at Blue Chew help you out with that. As always, we appreciate them for the sponsorship of Locked On Browns. Uh, so, again, thanks for that. Now, Daniel Jeremiah today, and th this is where Daniel's getting really smart with this because, A, you drop a tweet where you do this, and obviously one of the biggest fan bases in the NFL is always the Dallas Cowboys. Um, obviously, you know, the, it goes, you know, obviously with the proximity to Mexico and there's Cowboys fans everywhere, you put something out like that. Uh, which NFL team, and in Daniel's defense, obviously, we're going to give you our Browns version to this. And in Daniel's defense, when he was getting some feedback on Browns, he absolutely said it was, you know, it brought a strong argument. Which NFL team has the best young starting five? Look, at some of this is going to vary by, you know, weighted positions, and some positions are more important than others. Okay, of course. And I'm not trying to pick on Daniel here. Look, it brings a good copy, brings a good talking point to the show, so obviously we're going to run with this. Um, five players, 25 or younger. Dallas has an impressive group. Amari Cooper, 25. Ezekiel Elliott, 23. Leighton Van Der Esch, 23. Jalen Smith, 24. Dak Prescott, 25. Who's better? Let's rock, Pete. Uh. Look, if you're asking me, I think Baker Mayfield is better than Dak Prescott right now, and he's younger. Um, you know, Zeke Elliott's very good. You could certainly, you know, say he's a very, very good player. Jalen Smith is, is pretty good. Leighton Vander Esch, very impressive. There's not a single guy in that list that comes anywhere near Miles Garrett. Uh, beyond that, Denzel Ward is, is a very, very good player uh, off his rookie year. But he's also playing a far more valuable position than any of those guys not named Dak Prescott. Um, after that, you you have choices. I mean, you can go with Joe Schobert if you want a linebacker just to rub it in their face. You can go with David Njoku. You can go with Nick Chubb to go back for back here. But uh, I, I will go ahead and say Joe Schobert and David Njoku and, and say 
or I'll say uh, Joe Schobert and uh, Nick Chubb and round out the five. The, the thing of this whole argument is obviously it's five. You didn't even uh, put Denzel Ward in there. I did. That was oh, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and and, and bef- obviously you'll have your five, but the uh, the the big thing with this is five is a very specific number because the Browns go way deeper than that. Yes. Uh, with guys who fit this category, you get into guys like Larry Ogunjobi uh, and, and and those type of guys, and it's very difficult to compete. It also the the number twenty five is also fascinating because it just edges out Odell Beckham, <laughs> only by a couple months. Yes, but I mean, you look at it. You have Ward. You have your top cornerback. You have Miles Garrett, who very well may end up the season the best pass rusher in the game. Uh, Baker Mayfield, the way it's all trending, should end up a top ten quarterback, probably at worst in this league. Um, you know, Nick, obviously, in you know everything that's going to be aided to him, obviously with you know all the offensive assets, but assets that are added around him. Joe, who, as long as you can get better interior defensive line play, we should put back together another Pro Bowl season as long as he gets to play sixteen games. Probably was headed again there last year, um, if it wasn't for the time that it was missed. It's. Look, I mean, you could make for a case for a bunch of teams, and for Dallas, it's great that you have that one, two, three, and, you know, I'm still not one of those Dak Prescott. I think maybe you looked, you made Dak look a lot better, you know, with how great Ezekiel Elliott is and the fact that he can pretty much play every single snap, and he can throw it to him, and he can handle a touch level of 30. Uh, Amari Cooper, look, and we went through this in the fall when he was available. There's weeks where Amari Cooper looks like one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. But uh, go poll some of the biggest names who cover this game every single day. Ask them for their top six, top seven wide receivers in the game. See how many come back with Amari Cooper in there. They Everybody to the man understands Amari Cooper runs hot and runs hot cold. Guy's got talent. Um, but to do it with Dallas, look, it's it's smart to do it because you're going to get a lot of positive feedback from Cowboys fans. Um, but as far as you know, some of the best young core players in the NFL, Pete, I, you know, I'll take this core, and you can go six, seven. You throw Avery into the mix, obviously. Um, you know, Kareem Hunt is still only 23. You throw him into the mix. It gets really deep, really long, and it's almost like, well, all right, well, here's my 8, 9, 10. You pick the 5 because we're good. Yeah, the problem with the Cowboys is you probably only have one or two, well, more likely two guys out of the five that you really want to give extensions to, um, and they play the same position, which is problematic in terms of building a roster. Now, they are good enough, I suppose, where you're not going to hate having two linebackers being paid really high, but I think Dak Prescott's, a, a, a nightmare contract waiting to happen. Obviously, Ezekiel Elliott's entirely, you know, the position he plays combined with his off-field risk, which is problematic. And then Amari Cooper, I just don't, again, like like Dak, I just don't think he's going to justify uh, the contract. So, you know, again, I think Baker Mayfield is ultimately going to easily be worth a, a contract extension. I think Miles Garrett's going to be easily worth a contract extension. Uh, Ward looks good. I'm obviously already pounding the table for Joe Schobert. Uh, and then Nick Chubb, you know, probably is, is a guy you may not want to extend purely on position, but obviously he's very, very talented. 
uh, we're good. We're, we're good with Nick Chubb, and obviously, you know, and and you talk to some guys who cover you know the NFL, and they cover from the medical standpoint. And I always talk. Uh, I come back to the story of Matt Waldman talking with uh, Gene Bramel. Uh, he works with all the guys over there at football footballguys.com. And then you know, Matt was trying to tell him where Nick Chubb was with the rehab, and he was looking. I'm like, no, that's not. It's not possible. It's like, it's not scientifically possible or medically possible. That this is where he is. And Matt's like, no, it's like I know the Georgia program really well. This is where he's at. And you really haven't seen you know a blip of anything since then. Um, so just a absolute you know special group and foundation that Cleveland has right now and look that's you know what you everybody who listens to the show and everybody's who is so excited within the city this is the premise this is the basis of what should hopefully be you know hopefully you know a Lombardi if not one more because this is you know all the crap and losing and embarrassment led you to finally finding the correct way to at least get this right in player personnel player personnel Pete and this is where they are now I mean there's a lot of talent everywhere and we keep saying this there's going to be some guys that have to leave and it's going to suck because you just can't keep them all right I mean it, it, it's a good problem to have as much as it you know sucks that you're going to you know say goodbye to players that you you know that you you loved having here or maybe no but I mean like a prime example could be you could have four defensive tackles for what Larry Ogunjobi might be able to command on the open market. Sure. And, and you know, that, that becomes a difficult decision. Although, you know, me, that's a super valuable position. So it'll be interesting to see what happens when we come up. But but some of these positions, obviously, you, you can't keep them all. Uh, and, and you're going to have to make uh, choices in that. And, and uh, you know, it's been a while. Uh, obviously, Joe, Joe Batonio is one of the few that has, has really, really, really paid off. Uh, in terms of extending him, but you, the Browns have not been in a position where they've had this many guys that they want to, you know, have to want to keep them all, and they're going to have massive markets, uh, and, and it's going to be tough on 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 making those decisions and trying to figure that thing out, and that could be the situation you're going to run into uh, this coming off season with the combination of Schobert, Treader, Randall, uh, and and it, it may come down in some respect to who's willing to make, you know, make a slight concession on money or something like that. So that becomes, you know, interesting and, and they theoretically can keep all of them, uh, but they're going to have to make sacrifices elsewhere to do it. And that either way you're, you're saying goodbye to somebody. And, you know, you're going to lose integral pieces. Um, you're going to have to hope that you can, you know, just turn around and, you know, draft replacements at a, a cheaper, you know, obviously a cheaper salary cap number. Um, Shredder, Schobert, you look at those guys and, you know, it seems like they love where this product currently is. J.C. Treader loved the fact that this franchise took a chance on him, knowing he had health issues, and he rewarded them in year two by saying, look, I can't walk. Uh, I, I, the best I can do for you guys right now after getting hurt against the Chargers is I can give you Friday walkthrough, um, but I'll show up on Sunday and I'll give you every snap I got in my body, which turned out to be every single snap possible. Joe Schobert, um, obviously, you know, and he even, you know, and part of the reason he talked about it, the reason he came back as quickly as he could, he did is because of the guys he treader and it's, you know, and Joel Batonio talked about it. Nobody wants to be the guy that taps out. Um, and that's what happens when you now are a winning franchise. Uh, Demarius Randall, and through no fault of his own, that safety market blew up last year. And if it comes down to the point where it's you know you know 
I've only been here for two years. You're asking me to leave, you know, ten, fifteen million dollars on the table. Maybe that isn't the round is going to go. And you know, it's the scenario that could possibly be painted, and it sucks. But there's going to be get you look, and we saw a prime example of it with Brashard Perriman. One year, Brashard's going to stay. One year, five million dollars. The Browns have traded for Odell Beckham. We want to get the hell out of here. Uh, so bad he went to Tampa, where he's going to go play with Jameis Winston. And I literally have a a Tampa Bay Buck fan. Apparently, there's a couple of them, I guess, coming after me over. There's a lot of guys who have have some some weird loyalty to Jameis Winston, despite the fact he's not actually done anything since he was at Florida State. And if has not- I've even gotten off of that, if I've even gotten off of that, that means almost everybody should look. I, you know, he's he's not as quick with reading anymore. He is heavier which certainly does not help him. Um, so we, the ball doesn't come out as fast. He's always had a long release. It's, you know, he's already buried two head coaches. Um, Bruce Arians, who literally, we listened to him a couple of times last year commentating on Browns games, salivating over Baker Mayfield. And apparently he so badly wanted in the league that I'll take the Bucks job and hopefully my health holds and we can get to year two where I don't have to coach this guy anymore. But look, if you are in a, the fifth year as a number, a first-round quarterback and you do not have a contract for the following season, that tells you everything you need to know. What? Well, right. I mean, at the, at the very least, uh, you're not sure. And that's not where you want to be. You want to be in a situation where you know, you know, immediately. And obviously with Baker Mayfield, you know, the it, – unless something terrible happens or, you know, there's the regression of all regressions, you're already looking at this as an understand, understanding that he's going to be receiving a contract. It's the same deal with, with Pat Mahomes. Like, the, you know, you already know, boom, those guys are going to get, get extensions. Uh, very few guys are in that category. I mean, even, you know, Jared Goff, um, there are at least people, and I'm, I'm one of them, that are sort of sitting on the other side going, yeah, I don't know. I'm uh, a golf guy, though. But I, yeah, I think a lot of it, though, was he, he's found the perfect guy for him in McVay. Right. So, no, I mean, look, you do not want to be the Tennessee Titans or the Tampa Bay Bucks right now when you're sitting there going, you know, we don't want to have to go get another quarterback, but we also don't want to give this guy six figures to be mediocre, uh, to average uh, for the next however many years, and and you end up with an Andy Dalton situation, or or, or you end up with a Joe Flacco situation where he won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Now you had yeah. to pay him, and two and a half years later, he's out of town, and you're going to run with Lamar Jackson. Your team and and you killed your franchise. They had to get rid of so many players. They had to let so many walk to make that contract work, and it just absolutely brutalized their roster. So yeah, it's 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 tough. Yeah, I mean, look, if you if you do not know going into year five whether or not this guy is your dude or not, A, that's on you because, look, you've had long enough. I mean, it's it's no different than a relationship. If you haven't put a ring on it by then, you're probably never going to. And then because Joe Flacco won the Super Bowl, now all of a sudden he held all the cards and it held up your franchise. And, you know, you know, for me, I, I think Lamar can work if they let it work, which we have not seen any evidence to this point. Uh, so it's you know it's the ultimate thing and you know but if you do not know by going into year five whether or not this guy is your guy or not, who are you kidding? He's not your guy. 
No, uh, he's not. And and I, and I maintain that if, if it doesn't work, uh, Bruce Arians won't be there next year. I think he was entirely hired. To see if he can Unless it goes really, really crappy, and then you let Bruce say, all right, can I pick my guy? I, I, I don't, I, you know, I just, I, you I could be wrong. You can't do that because of the age, the health, and longevity. I, 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 I just, I think the entire reason he was hired was on the sales pitch of, I can fix this. This is the exact type of quarterback I love working with. I have all the success with these bigger guys. Uh, and if it doesn't work, and, and maybe, you know, if they're okay and, and they just think he's not the answer. But again, you know, neither of us are confident they're going to do anything this year. So I don't know what you're holding on to at that point, other than the fact that you don't want to have to go through and hire a head coach again. But that may be exactly what you need. And, you know, you just look at it even just tinily, you know, just very minute skimming through it. They're not better than New Orleans. They are not. Uh, they're not better than Atlanta. Uh, most likely they're not better than Carolina. So what are you gonna do? You know, you're gonna go roll out six and ten, and you know, and then hello, Jameis Winston, you'll be a Cincinnati Bengal in 2020. Yeah, it's coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right yeah. on that one. Well, the other, well, I'm not ruling out the possibility he's gonna be a Pittsburgh Steeler either. That seems like such an easy bridge for them. Well, you uh, could say, well, here's something like Ben. Yeah, I mean, if he, if, let's say he flames out to the point where he's got to be a backup somewhere. I 100% see it being Pittsburgh. Yeah, well, there were uh, and there were people who you know were trying to tell me that uh, you know he could go to the Giants. Um, no, and there is a huge problem. And and if you guys do your math, there's a reason he could not go to the New York Giants. Um, I want to get to this one real quick. Uh, Pete Tyree Kill. Um, you know, there's some coming from the Chiefs, and it, this actually did come on a Chiefs radio station six ten a.m. Apparently, that means something out there. Whoever it is, um. The news could, well, we keep hearing this, the news could come this week. Can the NFL, can the Kansas City Chiefs, can they, I mean, look, the Chiefs threw Kareem Hunt out the door. And and God bless them for an NFL franchise finally taking a stand that, look, there, there's things we expect and there's things we don't expect from you know, our players. How can the league, how can the Chiefs let this possibly come out where Tariq Hill walks out of this, how can you, how can you put your rep? I mean, like, you know what? I'm gonna lay my rep on Tariq Hill, Tyreek Hill. He's gonna be the guy. I trust him. How can this possibly freaking happen? Um. So there's talk, and I don't know how true this is because it sounds very weak. That the argument. It is- sounds like radio host dropped it at 4:10 a.m. in the morning. Yes. Well. That, but I mean, the, the 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 argument being that, like, somehow, if Roger Goodell comes down hard on Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill, of all people, that it's going to somehow hurt the owners in the collective bargaining agreement. I don't see how that works. So what, you, what, what the argument then becomes is that uh, Roger Goodell is changing the precedent of you don't have to, you know, the, the, the NFL doesn't work like the justice system. If it doesn't look good, they can suspend you and call it contra- conduct detrimental or whatever. Uh, but obviously, they have suspended multiple players on uh, arrests that were not charged or later had charges dropped and went ahead and suspended them. So you, at that point, you're trying to make the case that, well, he's innocent until proven guilty here, uh, and there's not enough conduct 
that we can prove that he did something to this child. Um, that is, again, really tough to, to try to go with now, of all people, to do do this with. And it, it would... I, I mean, look, obviously Roger Goodell's job is to be a lightning rod uh, and take all of the, the, the hits that the owners should be taking on this type of situation. Like, let's start with let's start with Clark. Let's start with Hunt. Um, the uh, the hunts in Kansas City, like they have not said anything. They have not done anything um, that is disturbing on its own. And they basically to this point put it entirely on Roger Goodell, uh, taking no action uh, up to this point themselves. They, uh, the talk is that they are entirely con- uh, convinced that they are going to let him come to training camp and operate there. And, you know, the, the, they were basically planning on sort of a four-game skid, and that certainly wasn't – or four-game suspension, and that certainly wasn't a reason for them to go ahead and cut bait. Uh, and, and, you know, obviously the big differentiation – is they they didn't cut Kareem for the uh, several incidents. They cut him for lying to them about the last one. Um, so Kareem, was there a video? Oh crap! There was a video. Now, like it almost seemed, you know, it very seemed very Ray Rice-ish That oh well, now we've got to go explain this to our wives when we get home. That's that's the other part. Is again, if if Roger Goodell goes soft here, it, it does speak to video. And the fact that running it, the, the ability to have it running on news cycles over and over and over is 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 far more important uh, in terms of, you know, bringing down harsh suspensions because it makes them look bad as opposed to doing it because they feel it's the right thing to do. And it's entirely about uh, appearances rather than, in this case, what is best for the sake of the child. And now, look, I mean, we're talking about this Chiefs organization. You already had the Joe Von Belcher incident, which was just heinous at its core, and maybe something could have been done sooner. Who knows? Um, obviously, the cream hunt. Um, let's talk about Tyreek Hill here. Look, he's already assaulted this child within the womb, and now may put his hands on this child after that. You know... <sighs> If you know, look, I don't care what the NFL says. If you're the Chiefs, continue to take some stances here. It's okay. And look, you look by way the way the Chiefs drafted. They felt they didn't think this was going to be, you know, oh, we'll have Tariq Hill and everything's going to be fine. It didn't seem like they drafted like that as early as they took Michael Hardman. Um, so, look, this isn't going to change. Look, I don't think it's going to come from the league office, Pete. It's got to come from the franchises themselves. And we've got to get to this point where, look, enough is a freaking enough. And look, if the league is going to say, well, we're going to put it in your hands, which is shitty for the league to do, and Roger Goodell is just a snake and a worm in that aspect, the teams need to start doing it themselves then. Fine. Well, here's the deal then. We're not going to see it for eight to ten weeks. Um, uh, You know, this is like, you know, having college programs suspend their players, and, and this came up, you know, today in college basketball. What? No, but, it came up in college football. Um, the running back from Kansas. Oh, is that? He's a, okay. So, oh, I thought it was. Uh, you know, Pookie Williams. He's going to miss week one against Indiana State after having a supposed domestic violence issue. 
So, yeah. you know, it, it, that's, I, I think they're going to be okay against Indiana State. I'm sure week two they've got a really, really tough matchup, but somehow, some way, he's going to be there. Right. So that's what happens when you let, you know, the programs themselves do this type of uh, justice. And so, you know, if, if you give it to the teams, they're not going to do it. So at that point, the only person who – only people who can collectively do anything about it in that case are chiefs fans. And that obviously comes in the form of, you know, act, you know, whether it's actively protesting or people not going to games or whatever, that it then puts enough pressure on them to, you know, act, whether that is like going like a Keyshawn situation, obviously Keyshawn wasn't necessarily, you know, behavior, you know, in this type of manner, but they went ahead and deactivated for the whole year. Um, That is a possibility. Although again, I I don't think it's going to happen at all. Uh, I, I think ultimately they're going to go with whatever cheap thing and try to win games. And, and, And then really this, the, the rubber meets the road in terms of what they're actually going to do when it comes to contract talks about an extension. And then at that point, when it's no longer like, you know, a couple hundred, you know, less than a million dollars for him to play a, a given year, uh, then all of a sudden they may have a, a much harder time doing this. The biggest thing with Tyreek Hill that, that makes this, you know, should be easy be anyway is the fact he has no credibility at all. It's not like you can give him any benefit of the doubt. He has thrown he flushed that. He obviously has done this uh in the past with the the incident before he got to the NFL and then, you know, if you go by what investigators are saying that he admitted to the fact he he uh, you know, hits the child. Uh however you want to de- defend that if you you want to get the whole Adrian Peterson conversation, you're welcome to do that. But then you're going to have to sort of try to defend that with conceivably the consumer. And we live in a culture now where in a climate where so much is, you know, people may be outraged for a little while. But if you just basically suck it up and take it for a little while, they'll eventually get bored and move on, move on to something else. And and we'll be fine. And and so far, that is entirely the strategy the Chiefs have employed here, which is unfortunate. Uh, But until he's out on a field where people can theoretically interact, uh, it will be interesting. And, and you know, obviously, the if the you know the first tra- day of training camp, if he's out there, one of the things that will be covered is how they react. And if you get like a Ravens fan situation where they give Ray Rice a standing ovation, uh, it's gonna be ugly, and it should be ugly from that standpoint. Meanwhile, it could be the opposite, and you could have a, you know a bunch of people booing the shit out of him. Uh, you know, and, and to the point where, you know, something happens where he, you know, get, goes off the field or whatever, then, uh, you know, that's another potential situation. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping that the NFL has some sense here, but, but uh, as I've said all along, the NFL to me, Roger Goodell's move is to find the exact unsatisfying middle for everyone where nobody is happy. And that's usually what he, he seems to find. Um, they, they almost go with, with like the the grandma and grandpa approach, where oh, the boys are wild sometimes. It's you know just just have a little talk with them. They'll be okay. Have a little talk with them. Um, it, look, and you know Adrian. And here's the other thing where it's the video thing. There was no video for Adrian Peterson, and he got sent home for a year. 
Um, but you cannot have you cannot have this stuff where you know people are putting their hands on children and it's okay. And look, you know, everybody wants to say, oh, well, we don't know if it really happened here. Well, we do. We already know what happened when the baby was in the freaking womb. So I mean, it's this stuff needs to stop and. It's a black eye on the league, and the fact that people still enjoy watching the games, obviously it doesn't help, but you need to, you know, you need to govern, you know, what your product is, and they need to make the, this has to go away. This cannot be, there are so many, obviously if there was already one professional league last year, there's going to be another one starting this. There is enough talent where you can find the guys who do the right things, where you can still put out a quality, you know, content for 16 games each week. Just enough already. Um, guys, the best way to help Pete and myself, uh, Browns Maven, sign up, be a member over there. Comment on the articles, talk back and forth over there. Uh, Pete's putting out the vi- uh, you know, video content, written content, audio content. Great stuff over there, Browns Maven. iTunes, rating reviews, or any podcasting app where you listen to Locked on Browns. Make sure you're subscribed, please. Thank you. And then, of course, uh, you know, uh, ratings, reviews, uh, always appreciated over there. Helps the show's growth. And, look, it's going to be everybody. We all agree on one thing. It should be a very good 2019 season. So help us out there and, you know, draw new listen- uh, readers to Pete, followers in that respect, draw listeners to the show. Um, we could not be more thankful for the appreciation we've gotten, but just a little small something you guys can help us out with as the show grows. Uh, we do have some listener questions here, Pete, and we'll start with this one here, which is a simple one. And uh, it's almost like Giovanni's in here. Um, Non-Browns question: Favorite home run derby for me? I will just say this: Anything Ken Griffey Jr. related. You want to talk about the sweetest swing in baseball history? Ken Griffey Jr. and I've actually been to Camden Yards, and that was probably his most magnificent showing. And uh, I was talking with one of the guys who worked there or whatever, and he started taking me and pointing out the spots where, and he's like, no, ball's never been hit here, ball's never been hit here. And, you know, it, look, you know, it's, you know, and you always remember, you know, from the back in the day, the Maddox-Glavin commercial, the chicks dig the long ball, that was one of the most impressive things. No, I'm right there with you. It's 100% Kimberly Jr. And, and the thing is, like, you know, obviously – there are some very memorable home run derbies with like Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa and those guys. But obviously knowing what we know now, they don't like resonate as well for me. And, and it's not that they weren't fun watching Mark McGuire hit it out to like streets, but you know, it's, I always appreciate Ken Griffey Jr. Anyway, but you know, he was one of the guys who, you know, did it the right way. He was just really, really good. And yeah, his swing was fantastic, and you could it just had a natural trajectory where it was going to launch uh, baseballs out of the park. And, and not only that, he was really good at sort of understanding what the event was and, you know, how to sort of uh, play it up a little bit to the fan base. Obviously, you know, famous for the hat backwards and stuff. Yep. He had fun with it. Uh, and it was just great. And, and that was obviously before they changed the rules and stuff, so it was different. Uh, but, and I don't, you know, the event now is fine. I, 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 and it, you know, part of this is just being, uh, younger, uh, you know, Jeff was still in his forties, but I was a kid. So that, <laughs> and you know, that, that's part of it is you're watching this as a kid and you're, you know, this guy's just fantastic and everything about it, but he was, he was great. 
Uh, yeah, and look, I mean, and the thing is, that, you know, and the, the the nickname was the perfect kid because, like, he always found a way to keep it in that respect. And the only detriment why he, you know, did not put up the elitist, you know, the elite numbers, which he probably could have without any artificial enhancement, is because he went hard every play. And there were times where he took, you know, and he got sixty to seventy games because he broke a wrist or got significantly injured chasing down a ball in the outfield went into a wall in the respect he did um and it, it you know and here's the funniest thing is uh guys you all know Stephen Thomas who's been on the show many times and obviously Pete and I are tight with him um ask Stephen Thomas about his worst high school baseball memory and it would be Ken Griffey Jr. taking him yard which is always a fun story so that's a nice little thing to have um, Pete, as we get close to wrapping this up here, um, guys, we're going to maybe condense these a little bit so we can get you guys the best product going further. Pete, anything we've missed here? I mean, obviously, it's we're very baseball-centric here this couple days, which is good for the city of Cleveland, as everybody seems to be loving it. Obviously, all the reviews yesterday um, from the Futures game, the All-Star, uh, the All-Star Celebrity game, you know, the Miz there, obviously got a wrestler and all that good stuff. Uh, having a blast, but uh, football-wise, anything? Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, this, you know, we're in no no news is good news situation. The only thing that's going on right now is the, I think it's either five or six unsigned first-round picks that are sitting out there. Uh, that is sort of something to to watch. But other than that, I mean, it's it's another day uh, closer closer to camp, and you know, no injuries, and that's. Uh, anywhere, so that's that should be like our hashtag right now. No injuries, no arrests. Yeah, I mean, it's just just make it to day one. <laughs> exactly. Look, whatever happens, come day one. But like you know, I mean, just have nobody show up in you know the striped penal uniform, or nobody get hurt. You know, because you know everybody's a Pete's always trying to strive for being in the best shape of their lives. Right. I mean, that's. That, that's that's the goal here, and I, I mean the only news, if you want to say anything, is occasionally it's seeing which Browns player has some photo, some video, some whatever of them working out, and uh, you know the like, I don't know what who retweeted or whatever, but the last one I saw most recently, I think was yesterday, was Jannard Avery. Oh my uh, God, with the with the hurdles in front of him, yeah. holy sweet Jesus! Because he's jumping over hurdles, so that that is our, that is the news right now. And it's not bad news. I mean, you know, he's absolute freaking freak. I mean, it looks like he's got to be close to 265, 270. And I, I, you don't worry about it because Jernard Avery just everything seems – I mean, like his muscles have muscles. We're almost to that point. Um, Browns, Maven, Pete, what's in the hopper? Well, I mean, right now, today it was Anthony Zettle. Tomorrow it's going to be courtesy of the news fairy talking about Jalen Thompson and then uh, seeing what else we do. I mean – you know, we'll have another. Definitely, I, I know who's going to be up for the tenth, uh, and then you know we will see what happens with the supplemental draft. I wouldn't expect anything too exciting, but that yeah, we we move one more day closer. Exactly. Um, uh, I was on guys. It's already out, and uh, you know I know I retweeted it from both accounts. Um, I was on Matt Williamson, uh, the the host uh, Locked On NFL show. Um, today and like we were both like in agreement it's like really hard to get good content right now and thank you to uh, Daniel Jeremiah and obviously Joe Marina for what they put out the last couple of days we'll get you guys some good stuff here to talk about but it's kind of just like 
taking that sharpie at about 11:35 at night and centering. Well, this day's done. We're this much closer to camp. Uh, but you know, check out my spot over there with Matt, and it's it's fun for me because I do enjoy to not have to be the host sometimes and just you know go back and forth. Um, we did talk, obviously, for all you Cleveland Browns listeners, uh, you know. You're going to find a way to get some Browns on your fantasy roster. We went that route with it. We talked about the Scott Fishbowl, which took place today, which is a 1,200-people fantasy football league, and there is no money awarded anywhere to any winner. It all goes to charity. The guy who runs it takes all the money, buys a bunch of toys for a whole bunch of unfortunate kids who obviously wouldn't, you know, obviously they struggle day-to-day, but they actually get a Christmas out of it. So it's fantastic from that standpoint. Um, uh, Browns Maven at Browns Maven. Make sure you're following over there. Uh, you know that's where you can. You know everything gets launched from there. Obviously from Pete's handle as well. BrownsMaven.com at P- underscore Pete Smith underscore. Uh, the show itself uh, at Locked On Browns all lowercase. Make sure you're following over there. Always keep that a follow back account. Me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore. I'm sorry on at at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Um, it's summer. There's a bunch going on. I, I, as much as I'm trying to get through each day, the one main focus is just camp. It's the 25th and getting this all kicked off and seeing this product and where it's at. Uh, we appreciate everybody for the listen, uh, you know, listening, uh, make sure you follow Pete's work, make sure, you know, the ratings reviews come in for the podcast itself. Thanks everybody for that daily delivery of all things. Dog pound has been done LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.